Welcome to Fan Bites. You love to see it. A podcast styled after the Lifehold neighborhood video store, where a pair of wildly charismatic co-hosts and guests rewatch old-ish movies and give it fresh takes, but like in a fun way. Because we're not like every other movie rewatch podcast. We're a cool movie rewatch podcast. Every month we pick a theme. Every week, we watch a movie, and then we decide where it belongs in our video store. If it is an apex predator with a genetically enhanced hyperbrain and therefore deserves to be shot up all the way into our staff pick shelf, if it doesn't sink nor swim and therefore earns a totally inoffensive spot in our cozy and still nutritious middle aisle, or if it's so lacking in bite and guts that it deserves to be electroshocked straight to the depths of our deep blue dumpster, where it shall spend its time surrounded by creepy anglerfish and the haunting echoes of Ben Shapiro's voice. Working the counter today, we have yours truly, Fernanda, the size of your breast balls, pratches, and my fellow foul-mouthed bird with an attitude problem, Danielle. I don't like heights, especially falling from them. We all do. Hi, Danielle. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. Already very excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, this, just for, so for people know... I love the, just, you know, a little bit of the background on Aquarius month. I decided to do Aquarius month because, you know, I have my birthday. I'm an Aquarius. I have my birthday in February. And uh, it went from, like, just Aquarius and sea to you love to see it. And I just thank you both. Thank you to Paul, our producer, for <laughs> giving that name. Thank you, Fernanda, for going with my bullshit. Just all of it. Thank you, everyone, because I love this. You you gave me the gift of Vendem last month. <laughs> It was a gift for me too. So the very, you know. the very least I could do. It was, it was a gift for for humankind. I would, I would yeah. argue. Yeah. Um, so is this so, movie. So is this movie in this month, which I shall. You gave, you gave our listeners a little bit of a, of a summary, but I will explain in detail what we're doing this yeah. month, and it is we are. We will once again be pushing the boundaries of the timeless art of the pun and taking our cinematic journey into a new, unfamiliar, straight up terrifying element, water. That's right, as the month of Aquarius, as Danielle said, advances, we too shall advance in our quest toward deciphering some of the many mysteries of the ocean in a month that shall henceforth be known as you love to see it. Get it? See? See? We know you got it. You are here, after all. So that must mean you are very smart and very cool. Cool enough for sure to forgive the fact that by sea and ocean, we really mean just any large bodies of water. And by deciphering mysteries, we really mean watching humans be relentlessly chased, chewed, and or chopped up by creatures that tend to be byproducts of these very humans' own ambition, carelessness, and or sheer stupidity. So strap up your floaties, abandon any and all sense of self-preservation, and let us drag you along a journey through the deep waters of our twisted minds, beginning with 1999's shark thriller, Deep Blue Sea. Tell me, Mr. Franklin, have you ever known anyone with Alzheimer's? No. What if you could end all that suffering with a single pill? Give me till Monday morning, 48 hours. I'll give you results that'll skyrocket your stock price. In the most advanced research facility in the world, 
Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of human brain cell. But before they can save millions of lives... Tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. Just what the hell did you do to those sharks? Did you feel something? Jim and I use gene therapies to increase their brain mass. What is that? As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. Somebody, please, tell me what that is. For those of you who have yet to witness this particular tale of overly confident scientists not learning a single thing from creature movies, here's a brief summary. Deep Blue Sea is a movie about sharks, but not regular sharks. They're actually very big sharks that have been genetically engineered to also have very big brains, thanks to an ambitious scientist lady who wants to cure Alzheimer's and a genius scientist guy who pisses against the wind when he's not too busy being a genius scientist guy. Don't worry if the science seems a little <clears throat> fishy, though, for science is not the point of this movie. The point of this movie is to watch Thomas Jane use his shark wrangling skills when the trio of unethically manipulated super sharks decide to organize and break out of this hyper-secure facility that actually does not seem all that secure, if you ask me. Featuring names like Samuel L. Jackson, Ella Cujay, Stellan Skarsgård, and that one asshole parrot who was actually two parrots, Deep Blue Sea is somehow an actual movie that got made. And we're all better for it. I think. With that out of the way, I will kick off our first segment of the show, which is the spoiler-free part of it. So those of you who have not uh, watched the movie yet, first... Fix it. Just watch it. It's like one hour and 44, super chill. You'll be missing out if you don't. Uh, but yeah, those of you who have not done that yet, you're safe because in this first segment, uh, we do not discuss the particular aspects of the plot, but rather we introduce our own history with the movie, our own background. So we'll start with Danielle. Danielle, tell yeah. us, what is your relationship with what was, like you said, your choice, Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so my Deep Blue history goes way back. Goes way back to when this beautiful movie came out. I'm pretty sure I saw it, maybe not in theaters, but almost certainly like the year it came out because I was very young. It's probably like 15 or so. And the main things I remember are the omelet line from LL Cool J. We'll discuss <laughs> yeah. that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> Saffron Burrows being queer. She was out and by at a time where not many actors actually were. It's like pretty uncommon, to be honest. Um, I didn't even know that about her. Like, yeah, you and, and I, I remembered it being like a big ass thing that people talked about. The same way people talked about Anne Heche, uh being okay, queer yes. uh, mm -hmm. when Six Days Seven Nights came out, her Harrison Ford romance movie, which is a whole mm -hmm. ass thing around the same time. So. It was like, oh my God, a queer actress? Holy shit. Again, maybe that wasn't exciting for other people, but it was exciting for me, even though I wasn't out yet or knew I was queer yet. It was still exciting. 
And I remember some horrible CG even for the time, like some <laughs> real dog-ass crappy uh, CGI. Uh, so those are mostly the things I remember. Also, I guess that Samuel L. Jackson was in it and that he in a really spectacular way. So yeah, it's there's like these very specific moments I remember and then nothing about the actual plot other than smart sharks. Like nothing about the, the fact that it's basically like a bad, not bad, a goofy Jurassic Park. It's kind of <laughs> what it is. And you could definitely say it's like Jurassic Shark. Like that's it the is. movie. You could just say that that's what it is. So that's my history with it. I saw it but once what, when I was yeah. a teenager. And these okay. are the things I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Shark. Though Jurassic Shark would technically, I think, be the Meg, no? Because the Meg is You're the right. shark that is actually prehistoric. Right. But right. I agree with you that plot-wise, this very much is like, like a B version of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But it's with like the, the same budget... Toying- it's the ratatouille to Jurassic Park's ratatouille, but with oh, the same. <laughs> oh yeah, but with the same amount of money <laughs> that was put into, which is the which is the hard part to parse. But we'll get into that, I'm sure. Yeah, the money probably went to the parrots. They yes. deserve. They yes. deserve to be paid for that That's amazing role, which yeah. we will discuss. <laughs> no, the Oscar uh, goes to the parrots. <laughs> I will say that I had no, absolutely no history with the movie. Oh, I kept wow. forgetting the name when I was trying to find it uh, <laughs> to watch it for this. <laughs> I know something generic. I had a vague recollection of the poster, which we will also discuss, oh, because I actually yes. thought that the lady in the poster was Kate Bosworth. And I, I mean, was like, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Doesn't it yeah. a little? And I'm like, yeah. are we not like tired of putting Kate Bosworth in the water? Like, I, right. I just thought it was a thing. I had no idea what it was. Like, I was so in the dark about this movie, <laughs> which makes no sense <laughs> after I've seen it, because it seems like the kind of thing that I would have watched. Yeah. Um, several times or that would have been on Brazilian television a lot. I don't know if it was, but I don't even know the name in Portuguese. It's very strange how this movie eluded me for this long. It, it was like the shark in the water. And like you needed you needed to like put the blood out of doing this podcast. Right? For it to come to me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'm I will be forever uh thankful for this gift, I think. I don't know. That's why I'm so interested in this podcast, because sometimes I go into our conversations needing to unpack my own feelings on things. Like sometimes I have an opinion. And I'm like, I'm going to discuss my opinion with Danielle and she's going to have her opinions. And this time I'm kind of like, I don't I don't have it. I don't even know. I'm right. <laughs> <we're-> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what's happening. We're going to have to see where this goes. Uh, but that intrigues me. That is a good yeah. opportunity for, for both of us to discover things about ourselves, I feel. <laughs> and uh, we'll do that in just a bit in our second segment, which we'd like to call Setting the Scene, in which we, now the spoilers come in, in which we ignore, ignore all signs of trouble and defy nature while extracting brain juice from huge creatures who have no idea what Alzheimer's is and therefore have very little interest in helping cure it. Uh, we're going to go into all of that. Uh, in just a second. So for those of you who have not watched the movie, warning, your final warning, we're entering shark-infested 
spoiler infested zones <laughs> in, in our setting the scene segment. But before that, we're going to go on a quick ad break. Okay, Danielle, so you talked about the sort of shoddy CGI, uh, yeah. even for for the time, and especially considering the budget, and that did not go unnoticed. <laughs> But what intrigued me the most was like the contrast, because there was some really freaking weird CGI. And honestly, I feel like a lot of the movies back then had that thing, right? Like, oh, we're trying to like introduce like stray away from mechanics because it makes things look fake and like mm -hmm. do computer stuff and it's gonna look so modern and cool and then you look at it a few years later and you're like did it though uh, so i still like <laughs> i'm still of the opinion and i I'm, i'm not wrong about this that it still looks yeah. like shit compared to like any like genuinely talented uh filmmaker who uses practical effects and i know i'm right? sorry to be such a fucking snob And no, I understand, I and I know, but it still looks like shit to me. And it's not that I think these artists are shitty artists. They're great, wonderful artists who are talented and they're doing really well. It's just that it's Uncanny Valley stuff. It's it is. Just, it's just not there yet. It's not even close to there yet. It hasn't ever been close, and it, it's never looked good to me when you actually mix. Unless you're doing something just completely background or complete, like just not the focal point of the shot at all like no. i just have never believed a character that wasn't like a filmed character i love animation this is not like anything against animation yeah. i love a movie with an animated style truly love that but like i just don't believe it on anything even slightly human or slightly you know the uh focus of anything Yeah. It just doesn't look good to me. And of course, this is triple for 1999, which is a very dangerous time in filmmaking. Like the late 90s, early 2000s, it, was. <laughs> it looks like shit. maybe the worst possible CGI. It just looks, it just doesn't look nice. It doesn't flow. It doesn't look like it's part of the same world. And like, there's an aesthetic to that that's fun too. And we will yeah. discuss, I'm sure, whether or not this was meant to be a B movie or. I think like half the people making this movie knew and maybe half of them didn't. <laughs> and we can discuss who they are. It, it super works for this as a B movie, as as like a parody or a satire or like a very deliberate, like yep. cheesy movie. But again, I don't think everybody got the prompt or was on the same page about that. Therefore, it's pretty funny and kind of works as a viewing experience, but it is a little bit of a tangled web to try to figure out as we're like, understanding the intent of the filmmakers yes yes uh that's the thing right um i oh, by the way in the cgi like it was weird like you said you noticed at the time it wasn't great and i, was I noticed in 99 yeah, yeah that it didn't look good <laughs> like it didn't I was really like a roger ebert review or whatever and he was saying like the sharks are weird like something like it was actually yeah. like a perfectly nice review but it was like okay this and and i i read an interview with the director and he was talking about how he with jaws because a lot of people were like how dare you make a shark movie after jaws and he was mm -hmm. right in that like nobody holds a monopoly on fucking sharks and it's true <laughs> that's, that's a correct statement they remain terrifying uh forever so it's kind of like 
there's there's a lot of source of material. There's plenty of sharks in the ocean for movie makers. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, he was talking about how in Jaws, like, because they didn't really have the technology, the creature had to be, like, hidden most of the movie. And that it really worked, but that he wanted to, like, actually scare people. And I'm like, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> but... <laughs> The creature that you don't see is actually much scarier uh, than whatever this is that we're looking at. But okay, I like yeah. the attempt. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with you when you talk about, and I even, it was the first thing I noticed. I was like halfway through the movie and I'm like, is this a parody? Like, yeah. I... <laughs> I Especially like after Michael Rappaport appeared, I'm like, okay, this this must yep. be a parody. Yep. <laughs> and Brenda, just... <laughs> and Brenda, at the beginning of the movie, Brenda is like this like woman of a particular age who runs the like radio room, loves herself a little like middle aged lady walking outfit for going on you know vacation <laughs> in and walking around a new city in and like dancing to music and having a great time and like Brenda screams parody like screams it from the top of her lungs is like this movie is a little goofy because brenda is out here living her absolute best life like no one has ever had a better time in their life than brenda and it's like that's well i know r.i.p to a real one r.i.p to brenda she's probably the first one to die r.i.p brenda like i'm sorry brenda (laughs) no i think the oh yeah die yes but like i think the Lost Arm incident is before, isn't it? Or am I confusing uh, the times here? Oh, it's that's I don't a know. good point. Yeah. Good the point. deaths are very like fucking arbitrary. And that's a good thing. <laughs> I say that in a nice way. Yes. Because it's like, and I also saw the director talking about this. Like, that's why he cast the movie a certain way, because he didn't want like uh he didn't want us to expect certain things, and mm-hmm. we did not <laughs> expect a lot. Wait, of there were very little expectation was going on here, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kept it on our toes. Yeah. Uh, I will absolutely uh, say that. But yeah, like I just remember, I was watching, and I'm like, and it really was bugging me. I'm like, are they in on the joke? Is this right? like on purpose? Is this an like has this movie aged a lot? Like we were talking about movies from that era tend to age in a very specific way. So I was very confused. And at one point I was just like, you know what? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't care. <laughs> I, as long as I'm enjoying it, I feel like it doesn't matter if it's a parody or not. But I did. Uh, I kind of like I went Googling for it. Like yeah. we need explanations that people must know after the movie was done. And I found this old interview with um, the director and he was like saying that he actually didn't want to do like a playful thing. And he wanted to go back to like the tradition of of uh, old horror movies. Like I have a, a clip here that he was talking about how horror movies became sort of a bastard child in Hollywood as they're usually low budget and done tongue in cheek. I wanted to take the genre back to the big scale movie making level of films like The Exorcist, The Shining and Jaws for which you have great actors, great production value and you do it seriously. You're not winking at the audience. You're trying to scare them to death. And that confused me to no end. Like, yeah. were you not winking at the audience? 
I kind of uh, feel like you were. <laughs> some people on the in this film were. Some people absolutely were. You cannot tell me that Samuel L. Jackson didn't know absolutely. what he was doing. He was in on the joke a hundred percent. And like his death scene is to me like proof positive that yeah. at least multiple people on this production knew it was a fucking joke. Because yeah. he gives this big inspirational speech about how they're gonna yeah. live, because he has survived some horrible accident in ice. Uh, he has this whole thing about ice has a mind and like, oh, he broke the wall of silence to talk about leadership in a dire situation. And then a fucking shark just eats him. It just <laughs> it munches him up like it's dinner. And like, that's a joke. That is a parody moment. That is not yeah. like a serious, sober moment in a horror movie. It's not like, however, this movie also has some like genuinely intense scenes and some like actual scary moments and some like good horror as well. I think it kind of does both. And I think it's kind of two movies, but it, it somehow does hold together. Yeah. Yeah. And that scene, it's so, I think we keep expecting like that trope of like, Oh, he maybe got snatched by the shark and the shark will take him underwater and we'll find out he's alive. Right. And that scene does not, he gets shredded to pieces. And yeah. You have a few of those that you, you know, even in a movie that we're going to talk about this month, um, spoiler, we're talking about Piranha 3D. Yeah. And I, we'll get into it then. But there are certain scenes, like some death scenes and like body part scenes that make it very clear that it's supposed to be a playful thing. So like, and this movie has a bunch of those that you're just looking at. Like people are not possibly expecting us to be scared by this. They know we're laughing. Um so I was like just confused for a lot of the time. Yeah. And like I said, I think the experience got better once I was like, you know what? Just just go with it. Don't it, ask too many questions. It's wild and it's also this is going to sound weird. And tell me if this is too weird. But like it feels like the characters of color knew what movie they were in and the white <laughs> characters really didn't. Like really 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 did not. And, like, I don't know what to make of that at all. Yeah. Like, I genuinely don't know what to make of that whatsoever. But, like, LL Cool J is the best part of this movie. I think we can all agree. Maybe we oh, can't, but I, I think he is. And no, he absolutely. is, like, so earned. Like, he acting. LL, LL himself. Ladies love him himself. <laughs> was, like, so earnest and so funny and so knowing and self-knowing and, like, just an absolute delight in every scene. He has a wonderful bird that he has banter with. He is very religious, but in a way that is, like, very nice. Yeah. I don't know how to put it. Like, normally, sometimes re re very religious characters are not always that fun to watch for me. Just from religious, you know, Like 99% of the time. Sorry, nothing <laughs> against like, religion, but... Right. It's nothing against anybody's religion. Everybody should believe yeah. what they want. But, like... Characters who are very, very religious are not always my yeah. favorite to watch. But he's fantastic. And, like, his nickname is Preach. It's not his real name. His nickname is Preach. He's just so good. And, like, this character is wonderful. And you just want to hang out with this person. Like, yeah. he does that serious video where it's like, oh, what is my legacy? You know? And then he goes right into, all right, the perfect omelet. And he, like, goes into, like, how Two to make eggs, the perfect omelet. three. It's Amateur so good. Milk it. <laughs> it's, it's a so mistake. Good. I it's was watching so this and I'm like, that was, I think, the point where I was like, I'm just letting go of my yeah, my yeah. intellectual barriers to enjoying this movie because this is the perfect scene. 
But meanwhile, so- <laughs> Saffron Burrows <laughs> she like- does not know. She does not know this is a parody. She is the most serious I've ever seen a person ever. Like, she is, like, a shady scientist, but also, like, with with a heart somewhat because she genuinely does it for, like, a good reason. It's not just, like, oh, I did this because it was cool. It was, like, clearly someone in her family has horribly suffered uh, from a degenerative brain disease. And so she will do anything to alleviate yeah. that suffering, including make brain juice from sharks. That's, <laughs> that's what's happening here. They're juicing the sharks with uh, banned genetic testing. To juice their brain juice and yeah. put it on brain cells to see if they grow and fire and then, in the neurons. And that's the thing. I'm against animal testing as a human yes. being. But yes. some people aren't. And if you aren't, I'd say, you know what? Why are you going to hate on her? Like, she's doing what a, what a lot of other people do. I think, I think... That I can't blame the fucking sharks for being angry. That's what I think. These sharks are being kept on that fucking little tank, prodded and probed and, you know, genetically tampered with, brain-juiced against their will. I'm sure they didn't sign anything. I'm sure they were not like, oh, that seems like a good cause. Just, like, take shit away from my brain. And we're supposed to, like, root against them. They just would. And then, like, they even deliver that whole fucking speech about how, oh, they just want to go to the deep blue sea, which is why the name of the movie is what it is. Because (laughs) it wasn't making any sense up until that point. (laughs) 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 And they just want to be free. And you're like, you know what, sharks? I kind of see your point here. Yeah. Isn't it like, am I the asshole that was like threads on Reddit? Like if, if the, the Susan is the name of the scientist, by the way, I had not. Yeah. Dr. Susan. Yep. If she posted, I'm pretty sure people would agree that she's the asshole. It's not the fucking sharks. I I genuinely think in this case, there's a, there's an argument for each of them. Like I see why she did what she did. I don't think they it was nice. They gave her decent motivation. Yeah, they gave it her like nice, but stuff. Yeah. she does actually care about something and alleviating suffering on some level, which is like, all right, that's cool. It much actually reminded than me a little ego. of, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's much better than just we were fucking around. And it reminds me a little of sort of the the research element of the not it's not new, but from like ten years ago, the James Franco uh, Planet of the Apes. That's like. Oh, okay. You you did fuck up the world, but (laughs) you genuinely cared about, I mean, it is actually Alzheimer's, I think, in both cases, but like you actually cared about making life better for people and you have a family member and it's like, you see why, like you actually see why it's not just evil. Now, this movie is just Jurassic Park, but with with sharks, (laughs) it is just Jurassic Shark. And that's also, that's one of the only little departures here. Um, because the whole like philosophical underpinning of the thing is don't mess with nature, right? Nature will fuck yeah. you back. Like that's yeah. the whole story. It's the, the whole same thing. However, we also have several like other things going on here. Sharks are ancient. Dinosaurs are ancient. Mm-hmm. A storm is the giant inciting incident that causes all hell to break loose. It's like a you can't contain nature, both the sharks and the storm. They will both fuck yeah. you. You know, like same thing with dinosaurs, storm, you know, the whole thing. And Samuel L. Jackson has a very dramatic death and also some very memorable lines, both mm-hmm. both movies. And then, of course, there's like a little tiny scene that pays lip service to that philosophical idea of like, you you know, you stood on the shoulders of giants and you, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole thing Ian Malcolm does. Well, here yeah. it's like a, 
a couple of very much stupider conversations. But like, <laughs> and yeah, asking this yourself is like, whether they could, your scientists never stop to <laughs> wonder to whether, they should. whether they should. And it's yep. true. She yep. did it's, not. it's basically the same plot, right? It's the same kind of movie. <laughs> it is. It, uh, Jurassic Park is actually really well written. That's the thing. It's kind of funny. It's like such a classic, slightly goofy movie, but it's like, it's actually yeah. pretty economically written. Like it's actually, it, it's, Really good if you go back and watch it, not as a child, and you're like, oh, this actually gets a lot across. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a solid movie throughout. It really, really is. And this is like, not, but it's also (laughs) funny and goofy in ways that kind of, you kind of, I don't know, you don't have to love it, but I think I do. because it's campy. You know? (laughs) Jurassic Park, even when it's funny, it's never campy. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. It's it's con- it's contained in this yes. one, like just lets it lets it lose. It's so. tr- just like a shark chomping on the titanium <laughs> jaws of life. Like, OK, I do have to ask you, Fernanda, there's a scene I yeah. really need to ask you about. And there's another okay. scene that I think we'll talk about later. But the the scars guard death, the fucking yes. audacity of that scene. It makes me want to just clap this movie on the back and be like, good <laughs> job. Like, you did something kind of new and awesome. And in this, it was awesome. not the, you know, not necessarily the smartest movie. This is like a very smart and interesting and genuinely scary kind of moment. So, yeah. So, Skarsgård, the scientist who, who pees into the wind, gets his arm eaten. And, you know, they're, they're calling for medevac. They're, they're trying to take care of him. The helicopter pilots try to get him but something goes that's the worst cgi scene i think in the entire movie i don't take issue with the sharks themselves like honestly like i'm fine with them i don't think they they don't annoy me as much cgi wise like i don't know i like their teeth it's good teeth they have good teeth they've got good teeth (laughs) teeth. (laughs) but uh the helicopter i think it's the helicopter flying over the sea where it's just horrible it's it looks like, like a Nintendo 64 shit. game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, it, it, it does. Is. <laughs> and then, like you said, you go into the scene where Skarsgård, he had had his arm chewed off, he disappeared, and the sharks, like, take him back to yeah. kind of kill to kill him by smacking him against the window pane yeah. of the control room and flooding it. And that's what I was talking about when I mentioned the contrast, because yes. you go from having this like very questionable, like, just, I don't know, choices were made here and I don't necessarily <laughs> understand that, but you do you, it's 99.99 to like a legitimately really fucking good action scene. And that yeah. for me is that like oh my god it's so it's so effective and so good and then it goes back to cornball then there's more good action then it goes back to cornball <laughs> yeah. then there's more good action and both of these flavors are good flavors like they're flavors yeah. that do go together at least if you have yeah. most of the ingredients right like i don't think all I the ingredients were right here but <laughs> you know it's like peanut butter and chocolate and there was also some like seaweed and it's like all right <laughs> All right, like, you know I don't love it, right. but I'll eat the rest. It's fine. It doesn't necessarily compromise yeah. the entire product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I can take this in this dose here, and then this dose here, and like, it's kind of working for me. It's kind of working for me. Kind of working for me. I was gonna say it was like a very perverse idea to have him die like that because 
like we were saying, they the shark ripped off uh, his arm and then gave him back by hitting him, like hitting him against the, the window pane. And that's how he dies, basically. Yeah. So that's very perverse. But the idea of peanut butter and chocolate and seaweed is more perverse. Than right? So it's like, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am frightened of your brain right now because I mean, it just came up with this you got atrocity. the sweet the semi <laughs> the semi salty semi sweet and then the salty like you've got all three in one delicious and if it's dried seaweed that might actually not taste bad okay I'm yeah just saying. if it's dried like the snacky dried seaweed i can't it, it will probably just give it a little crunch right? you planted a very evil seed in my mind now. <laughs> now I have to- god damn it Danielle. god damn it okay Back to, <laughs> but I see what you're saying. Uh, but that that was a very, and I'm a fan of like ridiculous movie. De- like as a Final Destination fan, mm. like I love the entire franchise, even the really oh, bad yeah. ones. Oh, I am yeah. all for super creative, ridiculous deaths. So this movie really scratched that itch for me. And uh, but the Skarsgård scene to me is like the very the. If I have to pick the highlight of the movie, it's it's all that yeah. scene with the the flooding and the 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 running away, and it's interesting to do this exercise, like you said, of like who is actually taking this seriously? Because you have a guy like uh, Thomas Jane that people might know as the Punisher, but I know as the lesser Aaron Eckhart, and he, I thought it was him for part of the movie till I looked it up. Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Aaron Eckhart for like fifteen oh solid God. minutes. I feel like bad. <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, oh, the lesser Aaron Eckhart, right as uh, my oh husband my walked into the room. And he was like, that's the Punisher. And I'm like, yeah, he's like the the like less accomplished and interesting and layered Aaron Eckhart. And it's like, it's literally <laughs> the Punisher. What are you even saying? It was like two entirely <laughs> different things. I don't I don't think so. I think every creature movie has an Eric character like an Aaron Eckhart character and then they're not able to get Aaron Eckhart so they get other people. Like that's my theory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that I just came up with. Honestly, I think you might be right. I think you're onto something for real. Get Aaron Eckhart. No, no, not anymore. I think it might be a little too old for these parts. And they have realized he's actually a really good actor. But uh, Thomas Jane is a very, his, I think it, he makes for a good action mo- uh, movie star exactly because of that. Like you don't even, yeah. you don't even wonder what's happening there. You're just, you're just in for the ride, for the shirtless ride. He's like a shark cowboy. He's really cool, <laughs> but he also cares about people. And he has some type of sexual chemistry, I think, with Saffron, but it's hard yes. to tell. Yes. She, like you said, is taking it. So fucking seriously. She's really in it to win it. Like, <laughs> oh my God, is she ever. Holy shit. I actually, Ooh. one thing that I found really interesting and, well, you all know there are spoilers, but she dies in the end. And yeah. I thought that was an amazing choice, uh, by the way. And I found out, first it was said on Wikipedia and then I found an interview with Crave Online and the guy doing the interview was a journalist who had seen uh, the original ending of the movie because uh, oh, wow. it was they had like early test screenings and sure. then Randy Harley the director talks about the original ending in which uh, the Saffron Burroughs character actually survives wow. and 
in the test screening, yeah, there's, I'm going to read a little bit from it, but uh, from the, the interview. And, and he says, at the test screening, as you might remember, the audience was really with the movie. And when Sam Jackson gets eaten, the audience was screaming and laughing. And we thought, okay, it's a home run. When it came to the last seven minutes of the film, all of a sudden, it just fell flat like a pancake and people kind of hate it. Uh, we were like, what the hell happened? And then basically they decided like what had happened was that the audience felt so deeply that the scientist character, the woman who was behind the whole experiment with the sharks, that it was all her fault. In their minds, she was the bad guy. And in our minds, she was the heroine. And we thought saving her was the key. Um, so that's very interesting. They had to like redo the whole thing. Um, and, and here's a lot a little bit of the interview in which it says, basically we had test cards that said, kill the bitch. It was an amazing revelation. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And actually, in reading this, I was like, I wonder, my brain couldn't help but go that, that Carrie Bradshaw voice. Has I read this? I couldn't help but wonder. <laughs> would this have happened if it was a male asshole scientist, dude? Right? I doubt it. Right? Highly doubt it. I think she really became a villain because she was super serious the entire movie. Like she really was like really pursuing her passion and um, she would have gone unscathed as eye candy uh, for most of the movie <laughs> if it wasn't for this scene that I really oh, want to discuss with you. Yeah. Because as I mentioned, I'd had seen the poster and I thought the lady, random hot lady that I thought was Kate Bosworth, but wasn't. <laughs> uh, and I thought this is a hot lady running from Sharks movie. Like just by the poster, that's what I thought. And then mm -hmm. I get to the movie and she's like the brains of the operation. And she's not in a bikini. She's not like running away. Like the eye candy is Thomas Jane. He's the one who's shirtless. Yeah. And she's like there as a scientist and not that scientists aren't allowed to have bodies and show them off and wear bikinis you right. do you right lord knows i'm a big ass hoe i don't i don't judge my fellow hosts. absolutely hell yeah hell fucking yeah <laughs> we don't slut shame on this show <laughs> that's right we do not <laughs> however <laughs> i was like why is that poster like that and she's not in the bikini mind you in the poster but there's a vibe i can't explain it but it was obvious yeah. that they had like they were trying to do something um, there. And then I'm like, in the whole movie, that's not what that's about at all until we get to a scene that I I still haven't quite figured out my feelings on. And I wanted to ask for your thoughts on this. The scene in which the Saffron Burroughs character is in her lingerie for reasons... They yeah. gave it a reason <laughs> that she was trying to, that she had to take off her wetsuit to like protect herself from electricity. But I was, I was wondering about your thoughts on that one. Honestly, like it was so out of nowhere. So I watched the last few minutes of the movie, um, so, some, like looking at my email and like looking at a couple of things and like, I'll, I'm just admitting that I was paying attention, but I, I was slightly distracted. I yeah. looked up and she's just in her <laughs> in her fucking like really gorgeous hot girl underwear and like just just over there and like yeah it's <laughs> it's it's the whole reason that she needed insulation so she took the thing off and stood on it because that's so stupid uh, but anyway I felt like oh is this like a 
alien homage. Like, there's so many homages to so many other movies yeah. in this movie. And I was like, is this like you're just doing Alien where she strips down? But in Alien, she's wearing, like, much more normal-looking underwear that, like, a lieutenant on a spaceship who ain't trying to impress anybody is wearing. She's wearing, like, regular-ass panties and a tank top in that. It's yeah. not... Like, people have written so many academic papers about this that it's a whole thing. But for me, that never, like, struck me as being, like, too much because it looks like, yeah, this is what, like, a whatever 35-year-old woman would just be wearing under her spacesuit. Like, it's yeah. not... This ain't, like... Saffron Burroughs is wearing, like, lingerie. Yeah. Like, and, like, again, wear whatever you want. Wear whatever you want. It's just that it looks like she was styled by a straight man... <laughs> to make it look hot for straight man. Like, it, it's not, it does not look like, I thought this was hot. It's like, a, no, some some guy thought this would look hot on you. And therefore, it just, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. And I was, and whenever these scenes happen, I'm like, okay, let's, let's unpack this. With ourselves. That's me talking to yeah. myself, yes. by the way. My, yes, my no, inner let's monologue. Do it. No, let's do it. <laughs> uh, but that it's kind of like, okay. I and like you, I was I was like partially distracted at that time. A lot of shit was blowing up and there was a lot of like just water and people running at in the water. Like you your brain can't help but 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 wander off in these situations. Yes. Like. yes. But uh, I was sm slightly distracted, but I do remember I had actually written down uh, the thing about the poster. I was like, this poster is really like just trying to like, I don't know, hot bait people. Is that a thing? I don't know what it is now. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it is. People went to this. And then that scene happened. Like you just looked at it. I'm like, this is so freaking gratuitous. And I'm talking to myself too. Or am I the one who's sexualizing this? Or am I the one? Or are, are you the pervert just, here? Am I the pervert? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I'm like, yes, she's wearing lingerie, whatever. Like, this isn't an inherently, like, sexy moment. She is, like, electroshocking a giant shark to save her life. So if I'm reading something else into it, maybe it is me and my brain. But at the same time. Yeah. So that was my yeah. little back and forth uh, <laughs> with myself. Yeah. No, I'm 100% with you because, like, honestly, hot scientist lady can wear whatever the fuck she wants. It's just the question of, like, okay. <laughs> and, and also, like, there's this added layer for me because, again, her being queer was a whole thing. Like, yeah. a whole thing. Like, very exciting and very interesting. And again, I wasn't even out to myself yet. I didn't even know. Like, this was, like, during a time. It was, like, primordial Danielle brain. Like, I didn't <laughs> even know. But there is, like, something to that, too, of, like, okay, this hot scientist woman is in her underwear now. And whatever, that's happening. It's very... Okay, here's a good example. Here's how I'm going to actually refer to this. There is a semi-nude scene earlier on where everybody's changing into their thermal gear, right? And yeah. everyone is in a semi-state of undress. But none mm -hmm. of that looks like, oh, the camera's looking at them, titties. You know what I mean? Like, none yeah. of that is happening. Like, all the characters are being, like, relatively modest and relatively, like, we're just trying to survive. Naked bodies are naked bodies. There's, like, a yeah. matter-of-factness to that scene in the same damn movie that feels yeah. completely different to, like, 
very much like, okay, a straight, a, some straight dudes thought this would look hot and this would be a hot situation for some boobs. Like it, yeah. it just feels so different the way it's framed, the way it's put together, the way the shots are put together. Like it just feels so, so, so different. And it does lit. feel like voyeuristic here. Whereas yeah. again, they were just as nude in that other scene. There were two semi-nude women and that other scene that just felt like very matter of fact like hey our bodies are our bodies we're just changing it's fine nobody's being a weirdo about it so there it is i rest my case that's perfect that's a good that's a good way to put it (laughs) i get that conflict a lot when i see like boobs in a scene like sure uh, yeah like a couple and they just had sex and the lady's boobies out and on Mm -hmm. the one hand i'm like okay that's normal like people had sex they're naked and the boobie Mm -hmm. fell Mm -hmm. out and we should not be like thinking about the boob as necessarily a weird thing it's just a boob like the guy's nipple is out too and we're not making a big stink of it then why why would i make a big stink about this lady's boobs being out because like fuck it it's just a body let's destigmatize nipples or whatever but then at the same time i'm like is it fra- like I, I do that same exercise like and, mm-hmm. and I, I can't really explain it other than the feeling of the scene kind of like you yeah. said like there are ways in which it just feels like oh this is just a natural observation of the moment or right. no this is like meant to make us stare at this lady's breast in a way that yes. we don't actually do with men and like yeah. there's a line there but 100%. I think you really you really put it like perfectly. And also like you can read it generously. And I try kind of doing that of like, okay, if we're thinking about this in terms of a parody, this is like a very common scene, right? In the creature movie. And the opening scene, which we haven't discussed, is very much like to me a nod to movies of these types because it's like a bunch of hot people in a boat, like hot young people, ladies in bikinis, and you just think they're going to die or at least one of them is going to die. And nobody dies because Thomas Jane appears and saves them. So you can think about it that way. Oh, like it's a parody because so far there had not not been like a a very naked leading lady. So they wanted to, to, you know, make this nod to the other movies. So you can have that sort of generous read, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know if we're being too generous by by thinking that. (laughs) I, I, I get what you're saying. And it's like... Yeah. I I did actually appreciate that about the earlier scene, too, of, of like, right. oh, you think people are going to die. Like, there's several places where there was almost like a choose-your-own-adventure mm-hmm. aspect to the screenwriting where it was like, what if we just have this happen? Instead of, like, really being <laughs> like, okay, we're building from, like, an atomic level. This yeah. story will make sense on every level of structure. And it's like, what if they just do this? Ah, why not? And, <laughs> and they went with it, and they shot it. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> the whole movie was an exercise in YOLO. Yeah, Did the it kids really still was. say that? Is this, 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 1999 YOLO. You know, what? it was a different time, but YOLO still meant YOLO. So I don't think people said it back then, but now we do, and we can apply it retroactively, you know? To, the, <laughs> to allow it, it's, uh, YOLO, it's retroactive YOLO-ness. Um, yes. Because it very much is the whole attitude of the movie. Like, yes. why the fuck not? I think that's what the, the the writers are probably thinking with everything. <laughs> like, yeah, why I, would we? <laughs> why would we do it? Because why wouldn't we? That's the biggest 100%. question, and I appreciate that attitude. Yeah, it's a good um, attitude to have when you're making this kind of movie, I, <laughs> right? Tbh. <laughs> that's the thing. One thing you mentioned that I wanted to touch on before uh, 
yeah. before we move on because you talked about the LA LL Cool J character yeah. um, who is absolutely amazing. I will agree <laughs> with you. It's the best part of the movie because he's a comic <laughs> relief. And again, they're not trying to hide that fact. Like, right. whereas Samuel L. Jackson's character is there as kind of like a wink wink. Um, yes. Him, like, LL Cool J is not there subtly at all. This is like a boozy. And I think maybe that's why I like, I'm okay with this religiousness because he's also a drunk. So I'm like, okay, there's one <laughs> aspect of this character that I can really, uh, really can really be on board with. Feel good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a fundamental level. Um, yeah. And he's also one that you think up until the very end is going to die. Um, and then he doesn't. And yeah. the director also said that actually he was going to die early on. Uh. He was going to be shark food. And then they, they decided against it and decided to keep it. And I'm like, I'll give this movie a hundred thousand points yeah. for keeping yep. Preacher up until the end, even though the bird did not make it. I know the bird Rick bird. That bird should have gone, you know, when daddy said to move. Like, I'm sorry, bird, but you gotta, you gotta go when daddy says to go. I don't know. I do like my favorite insult in the whole movie, though. My favorite. And there are some good ones between the bird and uh, Preach is when he, he's like, I'm gonna make tiny little chicken (laughs) for dinner. Amazing. It's such a beautiful line. What a great line. There's true love between man and bird, and uh, it shows up in beautiful banter. It's really good. It's really I actually... Good. Oh, the two genders, man and bird. I was actually reading <laughs> on Wikipedia that the bird uh, was two birds, like I mentioned early on, because like they need it. It would be too complicated to train just one bird for everything the bird needed to do. So sure, they got sure. like one bird that was good at flying and another. <laughs> the logistics right? of the bird was just fascinating to me. Uh, but I agree with you that Preacher was absolutely like priceless. But also, Danielle, LL Cool J's yeah. presence in this movie gave us something oh. arguably even more priceless than yes. Preacher, the character. Yes. Which is the song. How are oh, we feeling the about this song? Song. I <laughs> was bopping around. I was watching this movie. I started dancing. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say this, and this is controversial. I actually think this mm. song, I think it's better than Wild Wild West. <laughs> I, think, I think it is. I think it is. Shots fired. Harpoon shots fired. Harpoon fired. It's just so gloriously stupid it's so gloriously wonderfully happily stupid i love it so much honestly (laughs) producer paul says it's a harpoon shot right to my heart shark's fit (laughs) my head or hat my head why did i say head oh my god it's it is head not heart i'm sorry it's been a it's been a day already but uh, but it is it is to our hearts I think that's why. Like, that's the... I know y'all feel a way. 
I know y'all feel a way about Wild Wild West, about that video. It's good. It's very good. It is good. I think this is the better 1999 incredibly stupid music video. I'm sorry. A very controversial opinion. (laughs) 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 And I respect it. I respect it on a fundamental level, even if I must disagree. You can't walk Uh, this path with me, but it's okay. I can't. I'm going to have to let go of your hand. And we're going to have to go our separate ways in this very particular topic. I just, I I had no idea about, again, I had no idea about this movie, the song. And the movie ended. And I'm still like trying to wrap my head around what just happened in in front of my very eyes. (laughs) And then the song kicks in. And I'm like, deepest, bluest. (laughs) 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 That's like a shark spin. And I'm like, is this? It's like a LL Cool J yeah. rapping about sharks. And I thought yeah. it was like, and so the I, I remember the chorus, like I paid attention to the chorus. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's like a like a metaphor or whatever, right? <laughs> like an analogy or yeah. And then I'm listening to the rest of the verses and just getting like, I wasn't getting the entire all of the lyrics. I was just getting all these like water-related puns and about how barracudas ain't equal. And I'm like, <laughs> Is this man talking about barracudas right now? And then later that night, and I'm thinking we need we need to be able to include this song in in some capacity. And later at night, our amazing producer Paul sent us the video to the song, and it is a true masterpiece. Just absolutely, absolutely incredible. L O Cool J and a lot of water. And some dancers and an orchestra, I guess. And everybody's taking it very seriously. This rap that is about sharks. Yeah. I think it's about it's other about things him too. being a shark, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still quite literal. And I know that the shark's fin thing, thank you, Reddit, for that information, is actually a nod to his I'm Bad song. Uh, so yes. I guess that makes it a lot better, even though I still don't understand it but like yeah i was (laughs) and i was like i must be missing something and then i just scrolled through the comments on youtube under the video and one of them was just somebody saying that whenever they're feeling down they just go around the neighborhood pretending they're a shark and like then the song's lyrics just come on and i'm like you know what maybe humanity would be better if we all just did that honestly I think so. Listen, that's the power of make-believe, positive affirmation, uh, self-esteem. These are beautiful things we could use a little bit more of. And I'm just, I'm sticking with my opinion. I like I like it better. I like it better than Wild Wild West. I just do. I'm sorry. We love, but I'm we not like sorry. We, like. we don't shame you. We don't shame here. God's Danielle. working on all of us, as producer <laughs> Paul has said about my opinion in our chat. <laughs> I, I absolutely respect and support uh, your wrong opinion. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not wrong, but I appreciate it. I appreciate the thought, you know. I love that by the end of the movie, right before uh, she also suffers a whole death, uh, Dr. Susan um, yes. just says, 
about the one lone shark that remains and is just trying to break free from this prison. Right? Again, I must say. <laughs> and she indicates that she's about to do something heroic and cuts her, her arm and says, she may be the smartest animal in the world, but she's still just an animal. And I'm like, is this Wait, supposed to be very smart and brilliant or is this an accident? Uh, because what are humans then? Are we still talking right? about sharks here? Was it about herself? Was, was, was she talk? Was she referring to herself in that moment? That's kind we'll of never know. Thinking. We'll never, we'll never know. know, I guess. But that's the only read that like makes any sense at all. Like it's the only read that's like this wasn't like just an incredibly stupid line. <laughs> like it really, it really has no place in this movie. I, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I love this line. I don't know if it's intentional, but it's like, yeah. don't we think we're the smartest animals in the world? And aren't we all just animals or nothing but mammals as the wise men once said. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, <laughs> you know, you like, know. <laughs> I guess we are talking about profound uh verse profound old. 1999 thing. I think profound that song is prose from and music. Is it from 99? I could be wrong, but it's around then for sure. Okay. Oh They're talking God. about the X-Files. That was like at its height. Let me see. Discovery Channel. <laughs> that's that's the name of the song, right? It was from 99 according to Paul. Fuck yeah. Amazing. Bloodhound gang. gang. We've come full circle in this. I feel like we, how do we go from, where do we even go from here, Danielle? I think we've, we've discussed all of life. I think, we go, I think we go to the shelf. <laughs> do we go to the shelf? I oh, mean, I don't know. Metaphysically, but also on the show. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, metaphysically, <laughs> I'm on the shelf. Like, I'm just on the shelf, you know? I'm like here. I'm hanging out. I'm, I'm like sleeping on the shelf at this point, you know? I'm, yeah. up, that's where I am this, after this we, beautiful film. <laughs> I feel like we've discussed some of life's greatest mysteries. So you're cool. You you you've you believe we've explored all there is to be explored about this glorious movie before well, we move on into our final segment. I be- it is a rich text, <laughs> and I, there are always things we could talk about. There are always more things, um, but yes. I think we did a. a I, I want to make a naval joke here. Yeoman's work is that right? Is that a term? I don't. I think even- it is. I think it is. I'm going to use the language excuse. Like, (laughs) naval terms is taking my English a bit too far. I feel like like that's one part that I haven't really needed to explore because, you know, on account of me not not really having a sailboat or uh, similar. (laughs) Sure, sure. You know, you're not on the deep blue sea uh, regularly. (laughs) So uh-huh. therefore, it's totally cool. Yeah, no, that's totally, I think that's fine. But I feel good about what we've done here. I feel good yeah. about the truths that we've uncovered with our big mm-hmm. juiced up brains. Um, <laughs> I am, anyway. I think we swam these waters beautifully. <laughs> Front and backward, because we are yeah. super sharks that can swim swim backwards. So yeah. Good for us. And like throw a man attached to a stretcher into a wall <laughs> to, <laughs> to break the glass. <laughs> And organize, even though we have no idea what organizing that way even is. But that's okay. Again, rich yeah. text. I feel like we would need yes. like a whole five episode series to really yep. discuss everything. But I feel like it's this true. is a very, it's a good starting point. 
Yes. For if you want more, if you want more, just keep watching. Sorry, <laughs> listening to our podcast <laughs> or about go sea movies. There, <laughs> go on a Discord and talk yeah. to us about it too. Yeah, because we We're, love that, and I feel like all of us have questions after this. We're like but a ship okay. over there, you know. <laughs> We're like a ship, and you're all our crew, and we love you. So we want we want to discuss things with you. So yeah, yeah fanbyte.caza. That's where you can go hang out in our Discord. Yes, and continue to talk about uh, this month's movies as well. But for now, that is uh, a wrap on the the discussion, the in-depth discussion of yes. uh, of Deep Blue Sea. And we're moving on to our final segment of the show, which, as you all know by now, is the moment of truth. when we decide whether the movie we just watched and talked about, whether it deserves to be placed among our esteemed staff picks, if it's going to the middle aisle, which is cool too, the middle aisle is totally fine, nothing shameful about that, or if it goes straight into our dumpster. And there is some sh something very shameful about that because we don't really send shit to the dumpster a lot. So you have to try. It really takes a special dump <laughs> to go to the dumpster. You have to try really hard to make it there. Uh, talking to you, Wild Wild West. So yeah, yep. Without further ado, Danielle, give me your yes. verdict. I think... Very similar, in fact, to the last full movie that we did, that this is a solid high up in the middle shelf. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I it, it <clears throat> I do feel like it's comparable to the core in a lot of ways. Like, yes. I think about how the core made it to the shelf, to the staff pick shelf. And I think about that a lot. But <laughs> it is, mm, the core ha does have a little something extra. Aaron now, Eckhart, the real Aaron has Eckhart. Aaron R. Eckhart. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> now, you could make the argument that LL Cool J is that something extra here. And mm -hmm. I would I would stand by it. If you really, 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 really want this on the top shelf, I could stand by that because of LL Cool J. But my gut says high middle, high middle shelf. It's good. It has some great things going on. It's not quite on the level of a lion heart. <laughs> not quite. Then but again, it's nothing close. Else. It's not far <laughs> off. It's not far off. Yeah, I ex actually I totally agree with you. That's okay. what I was. Right. That's where I was headed as well. And I too think about how did the core. <laughs> I think it caught us <laughs> in a good day too. It <laughs> did. Like <laughs> it did. But the core has something special. It just has something. It I does. feel like the core, every the scene. Yeah, it does. Every single scene in the core has a little something extra. Like, it's never just the thing happening. There's also, like, Aaron Eckhart going way too hard and or, like, Richard Jenkins being a real scumbag. Like, it just has a yeah. little something extra in every single part of it. Yeah. Whereas this, it has a little something extra, like, very often. But maybe not in, like, every scene. You know what I mean? And it, it also has, like, obviously uh, questionable, dubious science, but they commit yes. to it in a way. They go for it. 
in the core that it's like, I, you start feeling like you're dumb. Like, oh, these things are all true about the universe. And I just don't know them because I'm not smart enough to know (laughs) them. Like they commit so like Stanley Tucci and Aaron Eckhart level of and Hillary Swift. Like how many Oscars do the three of them have? Like that level committing to that level of stupid is its own universe of wonderful. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's really going for it. And here it's like, okay, we get a glimpse of weird science. Like, because that's the thing we didn't even discuss. When they take the brain juice out, it magically cured Alzheimer's. And they were able to verify them. (laughs) (laughs) They verified it right then and there. They just squirted the juice on a piece of brain and the brain was fine. And neurons happened. Yeah, it's really stupid. (laughs) There is dumb science too, to its credit. But I feel like they don't commit because again, we even that scene it wasn't even discussed. It was just lost there, right? Like the science is is not as they don't go as deep as I would have liked in the stupidity of it all. They give me too much room to to think. So, okay. It's like, it's like they didn't let it breathe either. So there's like the stupidest science on earth. And like within 30 seconds, we get the arm chomp and like back to the action. Like they don't have confidence in their stupidity. The way the core is like, oh yeah, the (laughs) earth is an engine, baby. Let's light up that peach. Like it's (laughs) some real big brain shit. This is like, yeah, I agree with you. Okay. I feel, I feel, I feel confident in it. It's, It's a solid um, a solid middle aisle and the kind that I feel like we also need to gauge our client before recommending it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, and only- I would mostly recommend it, but you know, yeah. but again, with some like, uh, adjusting of the expectations and the good old warning about suspending this belief for a second yeah. or two. Yeah. Hey, I'm with it. love it for us. I love yeah. it when we're in agreement and I feel like this was a perfect way to kick off this month that again is technically about the ocean but not really about the ocean <laughs> because we're also going to talk about other bodies of water that aren't yeah. the ocean. Exactly. It's <laughs> Aquarius. It's all kinds of water. Right? So it's, it's all fine. kinds of water. We just didn't <laughs> want to miss out on the pun because it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but exactly. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, Piranha 3D, as I <laughs> yeah. said earlier. And it is in a lake. So, yep. yeah, it's going to be an ocean. So you don't need to tell us that we got it wrong and it's not an ocean. Like, whatever. <laughs> we don't care. We're all just like saying dumb shit. That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> but yes, that is all for this week. Uh, thank you, my co-host, for joining me. Thank you at home for listening. Thank you to our producer, Paul. My head is like a shark spin to my own. <laughs> for all the help with the show, but also for sending us the video uh, and being part of our discourse. Because this show really wouldn't be the same without Paul's insights and emojis on our uh, Discord channel. We hope you guys come back to our friendly neighborhood video store next week when, like I said, we will be discussing Piranha 3D. And again, we are out on a Monday. You're listening to us on a Monday. I hope Tuesday at the latest. It's okay. You get to have a day. Uh, And again, (laughs) we will be back on Monday. This is our new uh, day. 
so you have the whole weekend to watch the movie with us and uh, take part in our conversation. If you'd like to show us some support, you can do so by rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast app that you use. Spotify also has recently introduced a rating feature, so you could go there. If you could take that extra second to rate us, it would be awesome. Uh, you can also just tell people about our show. That's really cool too. And you can join us, like we said, to talk about movies and whatever else your heart desires. We don't we don't have limits. It's our channel. We do what we want with it at fanbite.casa. You can follow us everywhere. We're on all social medias. You can follow us at fanbyte.com podcast and listen to our other podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at fanbyte media. You can follow me on Twitter at nandapraches underscore. That's N-A-N-D-A-P-R-A-T-E-S. You can follow Danielle at, where can people follow you, Danielle? At Danielle R-I. Danielle R-I. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere else. And of course, on fanbyte.com. Until next week, everyone, you love to see it.